0: Hi, and welcome to the NDRC Podcast, where we speak with entrepreneurs and investors from right across the startup ecosystem. In this episode, we hear from Julie O'Donnell, CEO of Medit, a knowledge-sharing platform for medical professionals. Julie recently sat down on a panel with NDRC's Angela Duffy, Lucinda Kelly of Property, and Dermot Byrne of Ecubatings, explaining the significant growth in a business that completed its acceleration program at NDRC less than 18 months ago.
1: Um, My name is Julie. I'm the CEO of Medit. Um, So we're in the, obviously, medical space. Um, So what we do is we curate the web for doctors. So we help doctors find the best medical content quickly. So taking a lot of the techniques that you would probably be familiar with from Spotify and Netflix, but applying them to medical content for the first time. Um, So healthcare professionals, doctors, nurses are our users, um, but we commercialize through pharmaceutical companies, um, medical associations, and medical schools. Um, so it's a pretty complex landscape. My background is in healthcare, I've worked in digital health for about ten years and I was the global head of digital for ph- a pharma company, so we take that knowledge into basically everything that we do. And um, We were the year after Lucinda, so we, we uh, went through NDRC, I think it was summer 2017, um, so since then. We've continued to bootstrap. Um, We did close 100k um, from an angel, but we're still bootstrapping and we're preparing really later this year to uh, close our seat.
0: Julie's entry into the world of NDRC was a little unorthodox. With extensive expertise in the pharma industry, Julie had been on NDRC's radar for some time and, after some contact and an interrupted dinner, a partnership emerged.
1: We probably had an unusual, I don't know, Alan, you can tell me if it's unusual, um, an unusual NDRC story in that we didn't actually apply, officially. Um, So we we never... unusual. (laughs) (laughs) You should apply through the official process, Um, but we we didn't, and I was actually on holidays in Greece and working, because that's what you do, Um, and I reached out to NDRC and Alan called me in a Greek restaurant and we had a chat um, and he, he, was, he just jumped straight into grilling me. Um, th- there was no preamble at all, it was just like, who are you, what's your idea, what's the market? You know, full on grilling at the back of a Greek restaurant. And that was really the, how it continued from there and I think for me, having someone that's going to challenge you always is really, really valuable, um, particularly a CEO because I think you can get very in your own head and you're trying to set the direction for your team and keep everyone motivated and keep everyone enthusiastic. And sometimes having someone that that knows the business inside and out and has been on the journey and knows the the team, but that, as Alan would say, gives you a pat on the back or a kick up the arse, um, can be very, very useful. So we, from that chat, decided, let's go with this, it seems like a good idea. Um, But when we joined, there was me and one other guy, Um, he's the CTO and co-founder, and we had worked together before um, in marketing agencies, and we had done some concepting, we had done some initial testing, but we were really still at that very early concepting stage. Um, And I think one of the main things we got very early on was the importance of talking to your customers and discovery, and that sounds obvious. And everyone would think, you should do that, of course. Um, but it, because we had such deep understanding in the sector, it was something we just down-prioritized. And I think through the program, because you, you're pushed to focus on it, um, I think it really makes you reevaluate things. And it was something that we spent quite a few weeks talking to a lot of users. Um, and it was interesting because when we were pitching Um, to to some potential investors and partners, nobody ever questioned, ever, that I can make money from this. Everyone immediately believes in the the commercial story, they believe that we have the contacts and we have the network and we understand the space. What everyone wants to know is, you know, can you build a product that's sticky? Can you drive user engagement? Can you keep that engagement? And can you do it at scale? So for us, being able to constantly refer back to the user insights um, has really changed how we discuss the product. And we've had feedback from people we've presented to saying that they've never had a startup really show they understood doctors in the same way as we do. And I don't think we would have been able to do that if it hadn't been for the, the work we've done through the NDRC.
0: This product-market fit is something emphasized a lot on NDRC programs, as Angela Duffy explains.
2: I think we're very big on that, so the product-market fit um, and understanding your customer really well um, is one of the the prime things that we focus you on. Um, What you learn out there uh, will guide your strategy. Um, Also knowing your customer and the market, um, well, sets you up for success in uh, going back out there and selling um, and knowing the go to market strategy. um, It's also impressive. For the investors, as you say, to see people who have a deep understanding of their market, um, and that's one of the things that you know the uh, the, the investors at later stages look for. Um, so we do see people that come from the industries, um, but even at that, uh, we certainly send people back out uh, to do and face-to-face um, analysis and chat uh, for quite a long while, um, and to to and fro to get that deep insight. And it it does seem to stand to people. Um,
0: Challenges are everywhere for startups, and for Medit it was no different. Coming into NDRC is a big culture shift for some, yet Julie found that pressure was the perfect element to help her company grow. Now, those practical learnings continue to play a crucial role for Medit.
1: Um, God, I think um, it is... When, when you come into the NDRC first, you're, you're obviously full of beans because you have this idea and you're passionate about it and maybe you've left your full-time job. I had left... A global head of digital job to do this full-time moved from Copenhagen back to Ireland and um, that brings with it its own pressures you know you you want to succeed as I'm sure all of you guys want to succeed so you're you're trying to grow your company and most people that come into the accelerator program as Lucinda was saying are small so there was just me and I had a co-founder a tech co-founder and I would absolutely agree like if you do not have a tech co-founder start thinking about it um so there was just the two of us and thousands of things to do every day yet you are in the meetings and having full day mentor sessions and it is like mentally a burden you know you're in a session where maybe you feel you know it all and you're like do i really need to be in this session but what i found was those sessions where i really thought i could be doing something else here there's emails piling up i could be calling that person It was usually those sessions that I thought of something I hadn't thought of or saw a different perspective. And I think, again, that's one of the things that the program is quite good at, is is highlighting where maybe you had preconceived notions of how something should work or does work. Um, And just by being in the room, also with other people, like I'm in the medical space, Durham is equestrian, you would think obviously we have nothing in common. Other people in our our, um, accelerator, there was someone in... The football analytics there was devices for machinery. I mean really diverse group But you learn so much from each other and you're all dealing with very similar challenges like hiring You know everyone is at the same stage and you can often take a little bit of inspiration From something that's happening in another company So I think one of the challenges is actually your own time management and making sure that like when you come into the program that you really give it 110% for the length of the program. I think a lot of people come in and they're not really quite expecting the time input. Um, and then you end up in trouble because you're, you're kind of half-assing it. And that catches up on you quickly because really you're not allowed half-ass stuff. You get found out very quickly. Um, and as we kind of said already, you know there are people who get to know your business. They get to know you. They suss out the things you don't want to talk about because you haven't done it or haven't thought about it, Um, and that pushes you along. Um, And a lot of the things that, like the financial planning, God, like the guy wanting the five year, month by month financial plan, honestly, I thought it was going to jump off something because I just didn't want to put the work into doing it. I thought it was just completely unnecessary to do it. (laughs) but the the exercise, and the the annoying thing is everyone will tell you something different, you should have five years, you should have three years, you should have two years, you should have one year you should have 18 months, like there's a lot of different models, but the exercise of having to think that far ahead, like to Angela's point about where should you focus, and where should you put in your energy, like having to think that far out, you kind of go, god, that has a short shelf life, what will I do over here, and you start thinking about hiring decisions way further out because it does take a long time to find the right people. And especially as a startup, like you cannot compete with Facebook or Google. Like you can be the most charming Waterford person in the world, but you cannot compete with the salary and the perks of those companies. So you need to be on the lookout for talent all the time. Like from this moment sitting here, like be sniffing out people everywhere you go, everybody's cousin and mother and sister start making a mental Rolodex of all of those people. And it's a lot easier when you know who you'll need. So having to think that far ahead was an absolute pain in the ass, but really, really worthwhile. And we find we keep coming back to some of those templates um, when we're in a pinch going, what did we say for that? And it at least kind of starts the thought process again.
0: Finally, Julie discusses her experience as part of a team of startups camaraderie, advice and even the benefit of sitting beside an equestrian company acting as highlights
1: Yeah, I, I would just I know it sounds like a very rehearsed sales pitch from Angela but it's so true, like I think when you, when you it, it was very good um, like when, when you come in here you know you, you have the mentors and I mentioned Alan was my venture lead um, and you're, you're in the programme and it's all intense And but when you leave I mean, like, I'm still interested in Deeram's equestrian business. And when I see them do something, I'm like, oh, look at them go. And isn't that nice? And, <laughs> you know, look how far they've come from Carlo. Um, <laughs> I'm
2: just going to pat you on the head
1: now in a minute. <laughs> Um, but, you know, you, you do feel a connection because you've been in, in the room where someone is telling you, like, oh, this is, this is going to shit, like, I'm not sure how we're going to get to next month. You know, you, you're in, you have that camaraderie and you know each other's business, even though it might be in a completely different space to you. And I think when times are tough, like when you're letting people go or when you're wondering how to approach a situation, like having those people who you know know how it, who, who you know knows how it feels is really important because you can't get that always from friends or family, Um, you don't necessarily always want to talk to them. So some of the people that are my go-to people when the shit is hitting the fan are people I've met through, through the NDRC and I think there's so many touch points where you're wondering who has a recommendation for a trademark specialist. You can throw that out there and within minutes you get a response back. And that network is just so valuable because there's just so many things that you can't even predict that will come flying at you. And being able to have that pool of people that are willing to give you a hand or send you the template or recommend something, you know, is really, really valuable. I think that's probably the the major thing we took away from, from the NDRC.